I think you're going to want to hear this. Welcome to the Cap Space Wins Cups podcast. Twin brother, Asan, Ace Ahmed. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing, man? And of course, I got Hussein, who's the Moose Ahmed. What's up, boys? Aman is gone again today, so we have our guest producer in Hamza Khan, manning the ones and twos. Hey, how's it going, Hamza? Who's giving your mic? Hey, hey, pretty good. Yeah, we got Hamza. He actually talks and like Aman. Where's Aman, Ace? Aman's probably just um, in Mexico. You know, he's Mr. Worldwide. Multimedia spots. He's using all of his stimulus checks to go around the world. He's using all his stimulus checks to go around the world. Alright, alright. Settle down for a second. Like stimulus checks. Let me get through this. <laughs> He's killing yours. Let me just get through the interview here. Uh, we have a great interview with uh, Satyar Shah from Sportsnet 650 coming up. Uh, we talk a lot of fun stuff with him. We talk with the draft lottery, the Hall of Fame uh, induction class this season, and uh, this season, this year. And we got a lot of the fun stuff we got into, so it's a really great interview. We're also going to play the Hall of Fame game and trivia as well. Press the button, buddy. Ourselves. For what? Standing in the Hall of Fame. No. Oh, you want this? Standing in the Hall of Fame. I'm not laughing at that. That was awful. That was awful. You had one job. Why? I played the Hall of Fame one. Well, this is what happens when the mod's not here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, it was a great it was a great interview with Sat. Um, so wait, I just want to say something about the interview with Sat. Sorry, oh, yes. that yeah, no, no, do it, do it, do it, do it. Tell them. Tell, tell, tell the people. We got new microphones today. I hope you guys can tell the difference because we spent a lot of money in getting this new shit. Anyways. <laughs> I was breathing into my microphone pretty heavily because I'm not used to this. I can imitate it. He was like this. It was not that bad. It was not that bad. But please, please don't hold it against me, people. But if you, just in case you were wondering, Ace was the guy breathing this microphone like a serial killer. Just rip him in in the comments of the next post. Um, But yeah, no, I hope, uh, I think we sound a lot better. I mean, in my own ears, we sound pretty good, but uh, we'll have to wait till this episode's uploaded. Let us know if it sounds better. We spent a lot of money, like we said. We got if it. We got doesn't, a I'm going to return this to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> we got a mixer. It's, it's good stuff. Um, anyway, so it was a great interview with Sat. But obviously, the news of the week, boys. The draft lottery. What the actual fuck happened to that thing? <laughs> the Canucks are getting Alexi Lafreniere. That's what happened. I'm back on Team Tank, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I never left it. Hey, you know what? My, <laughs> my cynical view on Team Tank is if we get the Canucks get Lafreniere, he's just another guy they got to pay him three years to get the board. I mean, look, I look at it this way. Like, if, look, if the Canucks 
lose the wild they won't win the draft lottery if the Canucks it's advance, Canucks luck I agree if the Canucks advance and beat the wild and advance Minnesota will definitely win oh, the draft yes, lottery 100%. that's Canucks luck that is and book it right now we're gonna clip that clip that Hamza clip that he doesn't know what I'm saying. It's okay. We don't... <laughs> do we clip it live? We don't clip it live. Of course not. This is a podcast. I have a timer in the background. I know what is happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what, do you guys, what do you guys make of the... What do you guys make of the lottery format in general? I think it's a lot of horseshit. Like, the I think it's crap. The dropped every year. The one year they're not in it now. And I mean, I, I look at teams like Ottawa and Detroit. They need the help. Detroit... Who is good on Detroit besides Dylan Larkin and Anthony Manta? Please tell me one good player that they have. Jimmy Howard. <laughs> I can't even name another oh guy. Like, God, that, dude plays that dude who plays defense. What's that guy's name? Is he even on Detroit? Oh, Dan Shalowski. <laughs> is it him? I was thinking about Philip Hronick. Is he oh, on the Philip Hronick. He's good. He's okay. He's fine. He's you know, fine. Like, like, those, side like you need game-breaking talent if you want to get it. And we've seen all these draft analyst charts that have been put up. Am I, am I running into something over here? No, no okay. good. <laughs> draft analyst charts that show <laughs> the value of the first overall pick oh, yeah. drops like crazy to the second round. But like the difference between pick 26 and 27 is almost negligible. Pretty much like if you're picking the late 20s, there's not even a difference between that and a second round pick. But if you're picking from first overall, the difference between that and fourth overall is huge. Like the likelihood you're going to get an NHL player. Yeah. So it seems totally unfair to me that this is what's happening. Well, we have Edmonton to think they ruined everything. I agree. Edmonton ruined everything by winning the lottery. So if I was an Ottawa fan right now, I'd be pissed. You should have had one and two, and now you're shooting, what, three and five? Three and four, right? Three no, five. three and five. Three they don't five. have back-to-back. Oh, they don't get back-to-back. Crap. That's shit for them, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's very tough. Yeah, like, yeah, you could have been Lafreniere. You could have been going to Lafreniere. I'm talking right now. You could have gone with Lafreniere and Byfield, but you're going to get up with Drysdale and Marco Rossi if you're lucky. Number three, you could grab Luke Raven or that pick. Stutzel will still be available. Stutzel should be available. Yeah, Stutzler. Stuzler. There's people in the comments oh saying that Cole Perfetti should be drafted third overall. What's going on? I don't know. I think it's fine. What, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm just looking at my uh, WavePad Pro Master editor here. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some weird shit on the scene. <laughs> I think it should be fine. Oh, the recording was too loud with Sam. Oh, shown in red. Stop breathing your microphones, people. It's too loud. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, Turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah. Hello? Okay, sounds good now. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> Why are you keeping this part in? Yeah, it's okay, we'll fix it after. <laughs> I know you're not. You said last time we're going to fix something. <laughs> you didn't fix it. Yeah, it's too lazy. Upload. Just upload. You just uploaded it? Uh, we're authentic back here. We don't, we're not like the boys at Pucks and Nucks cutting out. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. call them out on this, actually. Yeah, you want to get in this? No, you go, you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll let Hayes we're, do we're, it. Who's, what do I, don't hold your microphone so close to your face. We just turned it up. not even next to my face anymore. Just like this far away. Like, look at me. Yeah, social I'm distance. Uh, I'm going to social distance <laughs> with the mic. Yeah, social distance with the microphone. Um, no, so we were uh, we we obviously went on Pucks and Nucks a couple of weeks ago now with uh, Matthew Bonus and Daniel Ald over there, and um, Ace was uh, going on a, a real rant about spitting chiclets, hockey culture, Black oh, Lives Matter. It? it was all in there. It was yeah, all morphed yeah. into one rant, and uh, he was talking about how Conor McDavid and other white athletes like Sidney Crosby and stuff don't uh, you know tweet out support messages for Akeem Alou, and it only takes them like a minute to do it because they all. Uh, took their time to uh, respond to the Black Lives Matter protests when their cities were being burned down. And then uh, Ponis apparently is a Pittsburgh fan, which this is, that's a load of horseshit. You know, two fan. He's one of those two fan guys. And he hates, uh, hates, hates those people. I hate those people. If you're a fan of two teams, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, but I follow, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who have two teams. Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to gatekeep anyone. You do what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, you do what you want to do. I just don't respect you. <laughs> 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 um, 
<laughs> so uh, Pone is here as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and he uh, he tried, he chimed in in the middle of Ace's rant, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Sidney Crosby. You don't have to I'm going to imitate him. Sidney Crosby doesn't have uh, a. Oh my God! <laughs> have social media. We gotta really work this out and sound stuff. Um, the, uh, he doesn't have social media, so it was like an excuse for him not to uh, tweet. And then Ace just went ballistic. On that. <laughs> I didn't go ballistic. And he was like, "That's a weak sauce excuse that Cindy uh, Crosby doesn't have social media and all this stuff." So uh, and then Ponis cut that part out in post. Our buddy all told us about it. He just cut it out. So Ace just sounds like a crazy old man yelling at clouds in the interview now. If you want to take back and listen to it, man, we got to turn the iPad volume down, boys. The sound effects are are, are, are they are they are crazy decibel loud, people. If you're listening to this with headphones, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I told you guys this. I told you that. It's okay. Yeah, we'll just tweet it right. out. Let you're me tweet right. it out. Just don't listen with headphones on. Yeah, we'll put that as a warning. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like, when you have to play a video game or something or like a, watch a movie and it'd be like this, there's sequences. Oh, yeah. You can get like, oh, seizure, yeah, 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 yeah. seizures. You gotta have one of those. Yeah, I agree. You may burst your eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, what's going on? Why, we, why did we go on this mini rant about why Ace was... And I, I know I'm kind of talked out. Usually we record an interview the day before, so we have some fresh content to talk about. I'm kind of talked out now, so yeah, because we just recorded yeah. an interview and sat. But it was a good one. It was yeah, a really it was good, an awesome interview. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of he's like the biggest. I think he's the biggest. The guy most famous guest we've oh, had on the show, easily, easy. hands down. Yeah. I, who, who do you guys think is second? Who's talking? You know, Mike. Who do you who do you think is second though? The second, like, the second biggest guest we had, probably Rob Faye. Rob Faye. Really, probably. I thought it was Massimo Rizzo. Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a close that's one. That's got yeah. a lot of listens too. Yeah, that was a popular like quads. Quads in favor both yet too. Yeah, quads in favor both. I'm talking. I'm trying to think like you know, national famous. You know, like actual famous, not not kind of Twitter famous. Sorry, quads in favor. I know you guys. <laughs> I love you boys. But <laughs> yeah, they're beauties, bro. Hey, we gotta golf with those guys, eh? They uh, they have quads in favor. I sent a little tweet to them on. Tw- I sent a little challenge to them on Twitter because they were talking one of their episodes that they were at the pitching putt. Course apparently quads got distracted because they got paired off with uh, two guys who were smoking a lot of weed and quads said he got distracted. So Faber Faber dusted him out at uh, Kensington Pitching Park. We got okay, but when I saw that arena. they were going to go play golf, I was like, "This is not golf, bro. You gotta say this." I think that's one of the things that grinds my gears. Is people who say they're gonna go play golf but are playing. Oh pitching yeah, putt. Like, yeah, yeah, like golf, bro. yeah it's, it's right? not golf. That's not golf. That's pitching putt. You're hundred. You gotta tell me the difference, <laughs> Daniel Ald. Yeah, Daniel Ald. Daniel Ald's a like a like a local pitching putt expert. Like he brags about his pitching putt game for days yeah. I took him to a real golf course the other day he shot 117 <laughs> and that's like you know, he had four mulligans on one hole <laughs> he couldn't hit his ball at all I feel like we're attacked yeah we, we we're going it. on the boys and pucks it was his first round it was his first round ever that's a quick disclaimer it was no his but first then he went out and told me he bragged that he beat Ponus by a few strokes even though I had four yeah. strokes to your game but yeah, at Ponus, least four Ponus, we, were pretty we were hiding on mulligans we were generous as well there was a lot of kicking balls on the fairway and stuff yeah, you never know if, if Ponus counted every single one of those strokes I think he was better than all I don't know if a Ponus but if he did, he was. I think he uh, was no, be real. Nobody ever counts 100 of the strokes. Yeah, in golf. Is the yeah, who's who's is not a good scorekeeper in golf? I know this is like a. He, he sort of <laughs> this is a sensitive issue here. <laughs> it grinds my ears <laughs> like very hard. Hey, why don't you go take a five one off the tee, big boy? I don't care, bro. <laughs> you, how many trips do you redo before? You, oh, oh, let me redo my par putt five times. Oh, I got par boys. I, I did not do that. That's That's so he did. He did. Not, not last round. Not last round. Or skull or any sort of chip. Every since he's doing that flubbing thing. What? 
Ever since he started flubbing his shots under the green. Phil Mickelson, okay? I can respect that, you know? Game recognizes this game. You can buy the C3i wedge for me. I'm trying to buy all that weird Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to Ace. If you're ever, if you're trying to play golf, don't buy those stupid wedges that they're always advertising. I actually don't. I've been, like, I'll do anything to prove my Ace bought one of those stupid ones that says it'll go in the air when you putt it and he can't hit it. You got a 65 degree C3i wedge. It's a piece of shit. You could be better off buying a real golf club. Yes, I is. The best chip I had the last day, I used a regular wedge, not the well, last time we were on the course, the, the best chip I had. Right? We are by the way, playing beautiful Pit Meadows Golf Course. We're looking for sponsorship from them. We're luck members there, you know, if they're listening. I don't think. Free sponsorship here. <laughs> we love oh, that boy, West Oka. West Oka, yeah. Go see him. <laughs> Gave me a couple guest passes once. I appreciate it. Yeah, go check him out at the pro shop. Get you a good deal. He's good Oh, our, our, another listener, Ty Party. Ty Party oh, works Ty there. Party oh, works yeah. There, right? yeah. 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 Shout out to Ty Party. Party, co-host of the Avid Discussers podcast. Yeah. And oh. he's uh, he, he's uh, he's Twitter famous himself. With the uh, he got on that. What's that thing on Sports on Six Fifty called? Where the oh, like the the, the, the where the, the guys send the, in the two fans argue with each other about like a certain topic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won. That's a cool segment, actually. Yeah. Like I, I'm more of a 1040 guy myself, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good segment. That's a, that's that. a great idea. Yeah, cool. I party won that. I was spamming it up. with you I will all my burner accounts that I wouldn't support a tie party. That's for my. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say bitter, bro. I hate that term, bro. But you know, guy with a brain. I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> there's people. There's two factions of people on Twitter. People yeah, before, with, people with brains and the people without brains. <laughs> before the season got canceled, I was a bit of a betting bro myself. I was all about the playoffs. Who's that resident betting bro? Did you ever see that? I mean, uh, I'm not sure if anyone. Yeah, he's gonna go start a podcast. Dog. He's gonna go start a podcast with Doctor. Oh man, they're they're throwing shade at us too. Are we going to address this? I don't know if it was actually addressed at us. It could be for someone else's podcast. podcast that don't like there's them. lots of podcasts that don't like them. There's like 740 <laughs> podcasts, so I'm sure one of them will talk shit about the large cast. I'm sure we're not the only one who's talking shit about them. And we didn't really talk shit about them. I wouldn't say that. At least we're addressing their name. <laughs> we're real people. What are they, Voldemort? You can't say it. Those who cannot be named <laughs> on this podcast. Like we we all know who we're talking about. I mean, like, there's no reason to beat about we beat it out of the bush. Yeah, I agree. I think it's personally though. Like, I don't know any of them personally. It's just about Canucks Twitter. Yeah, it's all yeah. Really, when you get right down to it, yeah, I'm gonna argue with a hockey team. I don't really give two shits. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm gonna go home. I'm a bitter bro. Go my golf. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, are we ready to kick it out here? Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to get into? Hall of Fame? Did you guys want to uh, touch on the Hall of Fame class at all? Uh, yeah, we talked so about sad. We talked about sad. We didn't really give our own op- opinions on it. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, well, Kevin Lowe is a, is, is a stupid pick. Kevin, uh, yeah, Kevin Lowe is the only sort of one that stuck out to me. He shouldn't have been in. I think it's the 20th year of eligibility. I don't understand this. How you haven't played a game in 20 years? I know. What How, changed what from the last changed, from the exactly. first time you retired? Like, it's not a weak class because last year's class was the weak class with Zubov and uh, Sergey Zubov. Are you? Well, I think he's the oldest guy that ever went to Calder. Or was that no. somebody else? No, that was some Sub- Zubov. And who else was it? That was a weak class last year, right? Yeah. So, like, if you... And they didn't even pick... They didn't even fill other spots. They only took three guys. They only took three oh, guys so that year. You gotta keep your microphone closed. They only took three guys in there. <laughs> into that ball, into that case, like, if you really want, you could have just jammed Kevin Lowe in that year. And, like, this year, they get Hosa, Agilna, Mogilny's still available. Danny Alfredson was... Alfredson became available, uh, uh, eligible. Yep. Like, it was just stupid. It's just stupidity when you get right down to it. It's like, the whole thing about being eligible, like... Like having a limited number of people who can go in in one year doesn't really make sense to me. I get they want to like di- like they don't want to dilute anyone's moment. Like you know it should be special. You don't want to have like you know ten people going to the Hall of Fame in one year because it sort of dilutes the, the the moment. But I mean like 
the idea that you can just like, like you know if you're waiting for like 10 years to get in the Hall of Fame like you know it's, it's time to give it up but you're not getting the Hall of Fame right like yeah, I think you're not would... playing anymore like how can you not be getting in like I don't think there should well, be a hard and fast coach number or on, like, on how many people should get well, in there's the a builders category for that reason that's like the only thing that can change it. like why don't you be winning coach like can't the national team getting, or one but then you're better. not getting into the player right you're getting in as a builder there's different? no like hybrid coach category where you're hall, like, the hall of oh, you know, he was a great player and a great coach. You were either a great player or a great coach. No, you know what the NHL should do? They should have a thing every year for the Hall of Fame where they just get rid of five people because it's just so garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my God, reverse Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. You know what? This you know, we're gonna you go back and relitigate all these guys' careers. Was my guy really that we, good? I don't think so. <laughs> Who's that guy who got in last year? Wayne Gretzky couldn't get the puck off the ice. A Guy Carboneau. Geek Carbon was not bowling. Rogi Vashon, another oh, yeah. guy I don't think he's bowling Hall of Fame, but gotten recently. Kevin Love, he got in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Lume has a better points per game average. Kevin Lowe is basically and Chris Tanev. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> not Chris Tanev. He's, but he was better than Chris Tanev, wasn't he? I, I just, I, I, I think uh, Kevin Lowe was Dan Hamus, but just played on the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan Hamus has more Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think either of them should be in. <laughs> Dan Hamus is from BC. But I guess that's illustrating your point, huh? What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dan Hamus is from BC. Is your <laughs> argument that he should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. He's a ball hockey legend too, is he not? What no. are you? What are I you heard. Man? I heard he. Do has you do before. any show prep? No, he has played ball hockey. Is a computer? Not not Team Canada ball hockey like Alex Burroughs. <laughs> he played ball hockey. All right, all right. I'm sure at some point in his life he played ball hockey. Yeah. This this has gone off the rails. We just started. <laughs> all right, wait, wait. I want to ask one more thing before yeah. we get to the sure. interview. Hey, so I want you to give me credit on the air for. Uh, oh yes, yeah, so I would like to give credit to uh, Asan Asamed for. Uh, for setting up the audio quality of the episode. If it's bad, blame him. If it's good, thank him. This is the first time that he's lifted a finger to do anything for this podcast. I'm not going to lie. He's written one article. It was a great article. Check it out. Wiley is better since the Canucks MAP this season. That's that's the most work I've ever seen him do. Uh, I've, other than that, I've literally done the show prep for every episode. I've done the show outline for every episode. I record everything on my computer. I clip, clip all the audio. I upload all the episodes. I put everything on Twitter. Who's supposed to do that? But I've pretty Wait, much done it. No, you didn't uh, doing it. We bought a sound board recently and we've bought a mixer and we've got everything hooked up now and Ace hooked it all up this time so he's finally and and how long did it take? Uh, probably three days uh, took a while, huh? took a while. we're not the most technically savvy people we're not AV experts and I'm on just keep going to Mexico so we can't get it done actually yeah. Bob was sort of helping me earlier but you know I'm not going to give him a lot of credit for doing you know his job I'm not the producer. Am I the producer of this, this show? This is a trio. We all got to pull our own weight around here. Wait, I'm the producer say, of the show. Wait. Answer the question. Hey, buddy. Am I the producer? You're not the producer yes of the show. Yes or no? No. You're not the producer. Then why would I hook it up? Oh, why did I hook it up? I'm not the producer of the show either. It's a team effort, buddy. Hey, we know. You, know, you wouldn't get into the hockey hall of fame because you're a bad team player. Yeah. Hey, Hamza, shut off his mic. Shut off his mic. If there's anybody on Twitter who wants yeah. to help us set up a soundboard, please contact us. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think we're breathing into these mics a lot heavily. I'm going to have to fix this all after. Hey, all right. I'm going to kick this interview over now. Uh, kick our uh, what am I even trying to fucking say <laughs> I'm kicking the interview over no, <laughs> no you're kicking okay. it over to hey, the interview hey, I'm not he's doing kicking this. it over I'm to the interview turn your mic off turn your mic off who's alright we had Jed Sat join us on the phone earlier today so uh, we're gonna kick it over to him now and it was a great interview make sure we uh host of the program hey Sat how are you doing today Good, man. What's happening, boys? Not much. Just uh, having a quiet evening and uh, super excited to have you on the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, we asked you a little bit about uh, Off Air before, uh, before we started recording here about how you got started in the media industry. Obviously, uh, you used to be host of the Playbook there, and now you uh, got the promotion and you're on the Drive show. Um, how's that adjustment been going? And, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about how uh, your uh, journey into, you know, becoming probably one of the premier hosts of uh, in Vancouver sports media right now. 
well, uh, well, number one, thanks for having me on the show and, and for the kind words. But yeah, I mean, this past year has been incredible. It's been a lot of fun, obviously, being on the playbook uh, with John. We had a lot of fun uh, for, for two years doing that show and Canuck Central with Aldi and obviously being able to work on some Canuck broadcasts on TV. So that was a lot of fun the first couple of years. And this past year had been amazing, obviously, working the drive show and also being the host of all the Canucks games on radio, plus all the TV stuff was really a dream come true. And it was super busy, but a lot of fun covering the team every single day and being at every single game, um, all the home games. So, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun up until the pandemic hit. And I think like everybody else, uh, reality has changed and we're all recalibrating what's important in life. And, and things are a, lot, are a lot different now than they were, you know, four or five months ago, but up until that point, it, it was amazing. And even now, it's still a lot of fun, and I'm blessed to be doing what I do. Yeah, so, Sad, I wanted to ask you, uh, before you were over at 650, you obviously worked at uh, TSN 1040, and you worked for, uh, you know, a couple of local legends over there, uh, Dave Pratt and uh, Bro Jake. So we were just wondering if you had any uh, stories you wanted to share there about Bro Jake <laughs> or, or Dave Pratt, because they're obviously, you know, <laughs> synonymous with Vancouver Media, and I remember hearing you on the morning shows when you were their producer. Um, and, you know, I used to love listening to you guys. So uh, any, any stories you could care to share for, with us? Well, I mean, it was a lot of fun working with Pratt and Jake. And obviously, you know, uh, it's well documented. But the reason I even got the opportunity at 1040 was because I worked with Jake at 101. I was doing producing and some other work for NW as well. And same thing with Fox. Um, and he helped me get that foot in the door. I've been always wanting to get into a all sports radio station. That's what I've been trying to do, but it's been, it had been hard. So he helped me get in. So I always appreciate him for that. And obviously he's a legend and he's one of the most talented broadcasters who's been around. So I've learned a lot from him and perhaps a sports talk radio a legend. We all know what he's done in the market and whether you like him or not, he's always been one of the top characters often afraid of being the villain and he's incredible to work with because he's such a pro and he's so good at what he does i, I mean we have a few stories i know some maybe i can't mention but uh I, I mean so everybody loves mike gillis right but you guys remember when gillis um towards the end when things kind of fell apart and fans were chanting fire gillis at games right yeah. and uh, and then he had an appearance on our radio station uh, on 1040 at the time on that morning show and uh mike called in and the guys were like, hey, uh, hey, Sat. I was like, what? He's like, hey, uh, before we get Mike on, on air, can you ask him a question? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I want to make this joke. We want to make this joke. So just, just ask him this question if he's okay with it. If not, you know, we won't do it. I'm, and, and, and I was like, what's the joke? He's like, ask him if he's afraid of starting in his car in the morning. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. You want me to ask Mike? I'm like, I'm like, the guy's under fire. I don't really think he's like. And Jake's like, no, no, no. Like it'll be funny and it'll break the ice or whatever, whatever. <laughs> so uh, on the phone, I'm like, tell Mike. I'm like, so, uh, hey, Mike. I hate to do this, but the guys really want to ask. And and he's like, and his response was silence for like four seconds. And he's like, you can tell by my reaction how hilarious that was. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I was like, all right, Mike, we won't be doing that. So, uh, well, that question obviously never happened. And that radio interview ended up being uh, one of the, I mean, uh, and that's when Gillis laid it down. He essentially said, it's my way or you fire me. It was between yeah. me and Torts, and he, he laid it down. And not too long after, I think it was a day or two yeah. after that, or he got fired. Yeah. So um, that was a big moment. And that was just kind of something funny that happened uh, before he came on air. And uh, obviously Mike would not have, they didn't like the question, but. You know, that, that's one story. 
Um, yeah, um, so this is kind of uh, shifting gears to a more serious topic. Uh, I actually forgot to ask you off air if you were allowed to talk about this. Uh, if you're not, just let us know. We'll edit this part out of the interview. Um, what did you make of uh, your co-host Andrew Walker's comments um, regarding Daniel Carcillo and the lawsuit uh, that he's filing against the CHL? It's a class action lawsuit. Obviously, we've talked a lot about it in this show already, and a lot of people already know about it. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, current Giants head coach Michael Dick is involved in that. Or his, his uh, he was addressed as you know, um, head head coach of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, but it was him at the time. Um, would you care to comment on that if you if you're allowed to? Well, I mean, uh, Andrew himself issued a statement mm, yes. uh, on on Twitter, and you know he came on air and talked about it as well, and he apologized and he took back a lot of what he said. So that's pretty evident, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what where that stood. And obviously, I wasn't there. Uh, last week when this happened, I was off that week and I was dealing with some, some, some family stuff as well. So I was away that entire week. And, you know, obviously when I came back on, on Monday, you know, he had been going through a lot of the weekend with how the, uh, the feedback had obviously been super negative. And, you know, and like he said, he, he made a mistake and he owned it. And I talked to him a lot about it over the weekend and we stayed in touch about it. It was clear he would have had to issue a statement about it. And obviously you have to, be fair to victims, especially when we know how many things are wrong with minor hockey and things we've seen over the years. And and I'll say this, like when it comes to it, I mean, Walks and I have talked about this on air a lot of times. We recently had Wacy Rabbit on a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about systemic racism, racism in minor hockey and what he went through. And we openly talked about, you know, how there has been abuse, how things have to change, how this all exists. And obviously, you know, I wasn't there to understand exactly how this all went down, that discussion. But it was a lot different from what I'm used to when talking about these things with Andrew, right? So, you know, like he mentioned, you know, it was something that between him and Carcival that kind of got out of control. But obviously, I'm glad that they talked about it and he issued an apology and Carcillo accepted it so they can move on from that point. But obviously, you know, I'm, I'm on, we're both big on giving victims of abuse a big voice and also allowing them to have the platform to come forward. And we talked about changing hockey a lot over the years. And, you know, so that's the message that I really want us to keep pushing forward. What we have done, I know this thing happened, uh, you know, with Watts and Carcillo, but before that with, you know, on our show over, uh, you know, almost the past, you know, nine months now, we've been really strong on these sort of issues. We've been talking a lot about social issues and how many things have to change and how people have to, you know, be uncomfortable a bit about the changes that have to happen in society and also in hockey. So that's what, you know, I want to keep pushing forward. And that's what Andrew wants to do as well. So I look forward to continuing the positive message and continuing to allow people who want to be heard, who have gone through things, that we listen to them and, and give them that platform. Awesome, and I just want to build on that question. So, uh, to build on that, like, uh, how would you say well, personally? What What are some recommendations you think you could make that would uh, that could improve hockey culture the way it is right now? I think we can all agree here that's not perfect, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of problems you know, that are that have systemic, like you said, systemic racism and homophobia and things like that, and obviously all the hazing stuff that's going on. So, what's something that you think that 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 hockey Canada or you know hockey in general can change about the culture they they have right now. Well, I think there's a couple of things that I, I think you know it's easy to come up and not easy, but it's easy to make this overly complex. But I think you have to start at, at some very basic foundations and start looking at some very basic things that happen within culture and the standards that exist when it comes to who gets to coach, 
how does this kind of happen? What kind of oversight exists? I think those type, types of things have to change. And also, overall, it comes down to funding as well to some degree. Like, do you have the type of funding that allows inner city kids to come in and perhaps play hockey and people that can't afford it to have that opportunity? Because once you start allowing more people to come out and play the game, then you have a wider base of people to choose from, especially people that can be coaches or be assistants. And I think that vetting process really has to improve and it has to be at a higher level. Our expectation of our coaches and the managers and those that are in charge of running these organizations have to be a lot higher than it is. And they have to have some oversight on all, how all these things happen. It can't just, you can't just trust an old hockey guard anymore. You know, like this is how we used to do things. That doesn't matter anymore. You can't just listen to the old guys anymore and, and how they used to set a standard of behavior and what their expectations were. The expectations of behavior in hockey have to meet the expectations of our society. And it's not fair to have a double standard of how people should behave within hockey culture compared to how we behave in society. And I think that standard from its basic core has to really be aligned. And once that happens, you can really start building the foundation out from it. Yeah, I think that was uh, very eloquently put. Um, so we'll move on to some of the hockey stuff. Obviously, just yesterday or a couple days ago now, there's a the draft lottery that happened. And uh, I think it was one of the more yeah. interesting draft lotteries in uh, recent memory. Um, so obviously the placeholder team won the lottery to uh, pick first overall, assuming they're going to draft uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, so obviously the Canucks now theoretically have a shot at it. Um, with the draft lottery, there's the revival of uh, Team Tank versus Team Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you what do you make of this, and what do you make of the lottery format in general? Does it, I, I I mean Detroit falls from Detroit and Ottawa, both two teams that could yeah. use a player like that fall in the lottery. I mean, I don't think those markets are getting a lot of sympathy from Canucks fans based on their lottery luck over the last few years. Um, in So two questions there. In general, what do you think of the system? Do you think it's broken? Do you think it should reward worse teams? Or do you like it? Or And uh, alternative question is, what do you think is better for the Canucks to have the one in eight shot at Lafreniere? Or should they, would you rather have them get that playoff experience? Well, when it comes to this year's draft lottery format, honestly, I don't have a problem with it because our entire existence has completely changed these past four months. And even if hockey comes back, we all know it's going to be a lot different this summer. Everything we're doing in life is different. So why shouldn't the draft lottery also be affected in one way or another? I know that's something that Jeff Mayer talked about as well. And I like that point that he made. And I think it's true that we can't have this expectation of things being the way they should be in a traditional year. And really, it's not that big big of a difference between, you know, a, a team that had a good record that just missed the playoffs winning the lottery in a previous year as opposed to this happening. We've seen this in the past where a team misses the playoffs by a few games and ends up with a top three pick. We saw it with the Flyers, for instance. I mean, you know, Nolan Patrick hasn't really worked out, but they still got a high pick out of it, right? These things still do happen in the draft lottery where teams that are pretty good get that lottery luck. So I don't have an issue with it. Overall, I think the league has to just decide what they want or don't want in their game. And obviously they don't want tanking. And in a way to disincentivize tanking, they have the top three picks be as random as they are. So... And I don't think that's an unreasonable standard to have as a league, because if you're looking at one organization, perhaps taking two or three or four years to building a contender, and that's not guaranteed, I can understand how that's a hard sell for a lot of your fans. So I'm not against disincentivizing, you know, 
all out tanking. But as far as the Canucks, whether the 12 and a half percent is better than not, the one thing to keep in mind too is you have no no real fallback if you don't get the first overall pick this year, right? Like it's not like it, you know, a few years ago where they were guaranteed they wouldn't top three spots. So it's not like you're getting one or you're getting five or six. You're getting one or you're getting nine to fourteen. Yeah. And if that happens, you're getting nine to fourteen. Next year's pick is open ended. And here's the thing about next year's pick in theory yeah this is going to be better Hughes is going to be better their young guys will be better they have a chance to become a better team and grow and you know take that next step we all assume that will happen but how sure are we that even next year it's not going to be a lot different from this year and if next year is going to be all weird because of the pandemic because they can't play games the same way i mean look at the states and tell me they have it under control right yeah, exactly. and they can't figure this stuff in two or three months so i'm not even sure if next year is going to be a wonky year or not so if next year is going to be unpredictable what if you know two guys get hurt and they play 45 games and they miss the playoffs and they somehow miss out on a top five pick that goes to new jersey right so i do think the uncertainty for me says i'm not for all out tanking and just taking the 12 and a half percent in theory. Yeah. I'd rather get Alex Lafreniere than play two rounds in this playoff, beat them all wild and lose in round one in theory. Yes. You would rather have Lafreniere, but it's still a 87 and a half percent chance. Yeah. You're not getting yeah, exactly. him. And then you can have bad impact based on what the pick next year happens. I right. still think the right. risk is too great. That is not a, you know, surefire thing, but I'll say this. If the Canucks lose to the Wild, it's an awesome consolation prize because yep. you might end up getting Alex Lafreniere. That's how you have to approach it. Yep. I mean, it's a great, it's a great silver lining, but it's something that you would go out and lose intentionally. Players don't tank, or the organization does. So this whole organi- this whole conversation is just academic conversation that we have as media and and give a you know what about it. They're going to go out and play hockey, and the team can't stop them from trying to win. All right, and uh, Sat, I wanted to get your uh, take on the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame class. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Obviously, Jerome McGillna, uh, very deserving first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Doug Wilson probably should have been in a long time ago. But uh, I think the guy who stuck out to everybody like a sore thumb was uh, Kevin Lowe. He got into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I think a lot of people sort of raised their eyebrows. I personally uh, was a little surprised uh, when you say Kevin Lowe doesn't scream Hockey Hall of Famer to me. Obviously, he was a solid he was a solid top pairing defenseman for for a long time, and you know he won he won less Stanley Cups. But I'm not gonna sit here and say that he was the the reason that those teams won the Stanley Cup. I mean, he was obviously a contributing member, but uh, I think it's a little he never had any you know major individual awards. He didn't win the Norris Trophy. He didn't have a ton of points or anything like that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of guys on the outside looking in who I thought maybe should have gotten in. Obviously, a guy with local ties, Alex McGillney, is still waiting his turn. Uh, another Calgary Flame, Theo Fleury, who I think should probably be in the Hall of Fame as well. So I just wanted to get your take overall on the class and uh, and anyone else that uh, sticks out to you that you might have uh, you think might have missed out this year. Well, so I'll say this about I, I think Hosa and Ginlow were no brainers. Mm-hmm. They they had to get in, and mirroring Hosa was an absolute force and totally underrated. People kind of forgot him as the third or fourth best player on that team and they didn't consider that no he's still a first ballot hall of famer he's amazing he's an absolute force and you look at how many goals he scored and before he came to chicago he was putting up 100 points and 50 goals like the, the guy has done everything in his career so i think him and aginla surefire first ballot hall of famers and obviously john wilson's prime was ahead of my time i wasn't watching him in his prime 
But if you look at his career, he won a Norris. He had 39 goals one year. He was a high-level player, and he waited a long time to get in the Hall of Fame. I look at his career, and I say, yeah, I mean, he won a Norris. He was high-end. It makes sense for him to get in, especially after he waited that long. Kevin Lowe, from a hockey talent perspective, is not a Hall of Famer. I mean, yes, he was a good player on, you know, a lot of good teams. He was a top four defenseman. But the only reason he's going into the Hall of Fame is because he won all those Stanley Cups. He's like the Robert Ory of hockey, right? Like Robert Ory won tons of titles playing as a really good role player for a number of teams. Is he a Hall of Fame talent, though? Not really. He might get in one day because he won all those titles, but he's not really a Hall of Fame guy. So, I mean, I guess you can make the argument over time he gets in, but I think it's criminal that Alex McGillney yeah. hasn't gotten in yet because of what he went through and what he's done and what he meant for hockey, especially in his era. He scored 76 goals one year, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he defected from Russia, from the Soviet Union, to come and play hockey. He had death threats. He went through hell, and they didn't accept him when he came in. There was bigotry against him. There was so much going on against him that... To me, it's an absolute joke he hasn't got in yet. And then we look at Theo Fleury and what he went through, what he did, and yeah, he had a dark side to him too, but he went through a lot. He also faced a lot of issues, you know, racism-wise and also systemically growing up. So I, I look at what he's gone through, what he's done. I think both those guys should have been in by now. So I think it's, it's disappointing those guys haven't gotten in, but three out of four of the guys that did get in, it's not like, you know, they didn't deserve it. Those guys, I understand why they got in. Oh, so obviously next year, uh, the Canucks legend Daniel and Henrik Sedin are both going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Do, uh, do you see them being getting in next year as first ballot Hall of Famers? Oh, man. So I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, my initial instinct is they're not going to get in as first ballot Hall of Famers right away. Um, I just I just don't think that they're going to give both those guys two out of four spots. And if they come up with some system of giving both of them one plaque or something because they're twins or something weird, I don't know what the Hall of Fame might think on it. But maybe, I just don't know if both those guys will get in on the first ballot. Just based on everything that we've seen from the Hockey Hall of Fame, I just don't think that's likely. Yeah, the reason uh, I, we asked that is because, like you said, there's only four spots for, for play, NHL players, and uh, yeah, and two out of the four going to the Sedins on the first try. I, I have a little, I have a tough time seeing it. Obviously, there's a lot of good candidates, and uh, I think next year's class, other than Sedins, uh, Henrik Zetterberg will also be eligible. Rick Nash, a couple of guys who, you know, maybe have good chances. There's a lot of other guys who have been waiting their turn for a long time as well. I mean, I think when you ask a lot of Vancouver media or fans, you know. Oh yeah, Sadines are first ballot Hall of Famers for sure. But I think nationally, and like you said, there's there, if you think about it, it might be a little tough seeing them get in on the first try. So regardless of whether they will get in on the first ba on the first try, do you think they should? Uh, if there was an unlimited number of spots in the Hall of Fame, do you think they would be uh, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers? One hundred percent, they should be first ballot Hall of Famers. They are the most unique tandem hockey has ever seen on a big stage. We've never seen this happen ever again. It's a singularly unique, amazing experience that we had here in Vancouver watching the Sedins. And the thing that makes us, you know, fight for them so much now and appreciate them so much now is because they went through hell to become stars. We doubted them at one point, even the ones that were fans. And I, I always said, I'm a Sedin fan. But I'd be lying if I, if I didn't think, you know, three years in that, yeah, they'll be good players in a year or two, but I don't know if they're ever going to be, you know, dominant elite players. Yeah. Nobody really thought 
you know, two or three years in, even their fans, that they were going to win hard trophies one year. You know what I mean? Like, the, the common refrain was, they'll be a great third line in the future. It, it was never like, they'll be a great, you know, first line, a great second line. There was talk after the lockout, the lost season, that the Canucks needed a third line center because Henrik Sedin and Daniel Sedin aren't good enough yet. You know, or they're, you know, they're, 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 they're busts. There was a, it took a long time. And then once they became what they, you know, ultimately grew into being dominant forces, it was undeniable. And then you saw the value in their game. It retrained your brain watching hockey. We went from watching hockey and being like, all right, you know, it's about speed. It's about um, scoring in transition, being physical, going to the dirty areas, uh, you know, dump and chase certain type of hockey, right? The Sedins came and started playing soccer on ice. And you weren't used to watching it, right? And the, and the beauty of that took some time for you to realize. And then once you got it, it clicked. It was like a massive eureka moment in your mind. You're like, wow, this is this is absolutely magical. These guys are absolutely unique in how they play hockey and their absolute dominance and how they wear down the opposition. How them wearing down the opposition opens up opportunities for the other guys on the ice. When the top four defensemen are run ragged in the third period because they can't hold up for the Sedins anymore, and the third and fourth line chip in with goals, why does that happen? Because the Sedins wash those guys out, right? I mean, so when you look at how they played, there was so much extra benefit and value from it that went beyond them scoring. And we appreciate that. And to me, that is one of the most unique things we've seen in hockey, especially in the modern era. And that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Well, no debates on that here. We are 100% agree. Um, other major topic in the news this week was uh, the NHL's return to play plan. Um, how much sense does it make to you personally in terms of the, the markets that they're choosing regarding how many COVID cases there are? Vegas has been touted as a frontrunner since the beginning of this process. And obviously there have been uh, an, outburst, an outbreak of cases in Nevada. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously say Vancouver's out of the running now. Um, personally, I, I'm glad NHL's not coming here just from like a selfish point of view that I think uh, we've done a great job of handling the crisis here in BC and you know I mm-hmm. don't want to you know put the public at risk for un- like you know for hockey it's gonna happen it's not if it doesn't happen here it's gonna happen somewhere else but uh, what, what would you make of the return to play plan in general well I, I, my, my basic opinion on coming back to play is if the players are willing to play within a pandemic and they accept it, then I'm okay with hockey coming back. Because I think in this pandemic, one choice, you know, some of us can't make, some people just can't say no to work no matter what, because they just cannot afford not to work and rely on government assistance. It's not enough for them because they have a family or whatever going on, goes on. So I think I empathize with people that can't make a choice. Some people can't make a choice. And those who can make a choice, all of us, and to a lesser extent, I mean, I can't choose not to work, right? I mean, I still have to work, but we have choices differently because of what I do. I can work from home. I can do things like that. Other people that have to physically put themselves in harm's way for work have to make a decision whether that's worth it to them or not, if they can make that choice or not. So the players have that choice just like anybody else. So I don't, I don't believe in uh, – you know, moral grandstanding on this issue and saying all the players should, shouldn't play and, you know, owners are being greedy. Hey, if players want to play as well, they're allowed to make that choice. So that's where I stand on the overall play issue. On whether they should be playing in Vegas and other American markets, I think it's madness to play in those markets. And in theory, yes, 
the bubble can be contained and the players can be safe. And I don't doubt the bubble concept can work and is a good one. I think it is a good one. But if workers are allowed to come in and out of the bubble and they're exposed to the greater population, well, then you're exposing yourself to more risk, right? I mean, that's just logical. And I don't think anybody disputes that. So you should be in the safest markets possible. If it's Edmonton and Toronto, great. The players, too, have a choice, right? The players want to be in Vegas and Vancouver. So it kind of tells you that the players, they want a safe environment. But if they're okay with Vegas, that tells you they're not as concerned about COVID as, say, we are, right? So, again, they have a choice and say in this as well. So I don't think it's fair to just make this about the owners. Not that I'm siding with the owners. I'm just saying it's not like the players have no say in all this. They can decide not to play if they don't want. They can decide to say, I don't want to go to Vegas and it's not safe. They haven't done that, right? So to me, that's crazy, but I do think the bubble concept in a safe market makes sense and I'm okay with them trying it and I think they can pull it off. But it's unknown if you're in Vegas, people can enter in and out of that bubble. That's what I'm worried about. But in theory, I, I actually conceptually think it can work and I think it's a good idea if people are willing to do it. Yeah, so uh, another thing that's been impacted by uh, this stoppage of play, obviously, is the salary cap. The name of our show is uh, Cap Space Wins Cups. So, um, obviously, the summer cap situation, um, it's looking like it's going to be a flat cap, and there's been multiple reports that it's going to be a flat cap for the next three seasons or two seasons. And obviously, the Canucks are not in the greatest cap situation going into this offseason. They have a lot of bad contracts on the books. Uh, Pedersen and Hughes are going to both be looking for extensions uh, the season after this one. And um, and uh, the, the flat cap is definitely not doing them any favors. It was earlier reported that it was go- the cap was going to go up to as high as eighty-eight million, which would have you know solved a lot of Canucks problems. Unfortunately, that's obviously not going looks like it's not going to be the case due to the COVID crisis. So, uh, what do you make of the summer cap situation, and and how are they going to maneuver out of this this really tight jam they put themselves in? Well, I mean, uh, it, it was tight before and now it's an absolute vice grip right i mean it's it's so much more complicated now one thing it does do however if the cap stays flat it also completely changes the amount of money some guys are going to get on contracts and for sure you know and and, and i'm not saying Patterson doesn't, doesn't deserve you know 12 million or whatever i mean the kid's a, a mag- magician and he's amazing he's a, he's an absolute superstar so He's going to get paid a lot, but all of a sudden, maybe that contract isn't quite as big. Maybe Quinn Hughes' contract isn't quite as big in a year because of the reality economically of what the league is facing. And as much as you can use comparables in the past, the landscape changes because of what's going on, right? The environment does impact what the contracts look like. So I do think long term, when you start looking at Pedersen and Hughes, the numbers might look a bit different. So on that side, I'm not as worried. I think those guys can get figured out. The key of this offseason, and this is something I've been talking about for a long time, is squeezing Louis Erickson, right? I mean, that's the albatross. And yes, Baron and Sutter's contract is terrible, but it's done after next season. Yeah. Yes, Jay Beagle's contract's bad, but it's $3 million. You can find ways to mess around with it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not great, but you can figure out a way to deal with that one way or another. The issue is Louis Erickson's contract. Yeah, for sure. If they can find a way to squeeze him to get out from under that contract, all of a sudden – things change a lot they don't all of a sudden become you know the best team in the world with cap situation they still have some issues but it alleviates so much so my entire basis will be hey give louis erickson his signing bonus and then essentially tell him that he's not playing on the big team for next season and if he wants to go to utica and up in a still of a wonky season next year with everything going on and never play in the nhl again and be away from his family maybe he says no to that 
right? And when he's only owed, you know, I think it was about, it's about five million after that total. But here's the thing: there's higher escrow because of what's going oh, yeah. on right now. You're already paying a lot of tax into it as it is. So really, the money that's actually owed to him after everything works out, it might be like two million or so that he walks away from, maybe yeah. even less. So, and I'm not saying these things don't matter, but the guy is banked 50 million. And this is my theory, and this is my opinion of what you need to do. And I think there's a pathway for this to happen. Uh, and it comes down to the Canucks whether they want to exercise that or not. But that would be my goal get out from that contract, and all of a sudden, the world opens up for you. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good point that I've never thought about that the, the escrow going up that would impact Louisa. Potential salary, salary, yeah, that was uh, an interesting thing. Uh, one thing you hit on in your answer that was actually leading to our next question was the contracts for Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Um, ha- have you heard anything, um, you know, through the grapevine about what their uh, contracts could be looking like? Or if you haven't, what would you say, not what you want, but like, you know, what do you think a fair contract is for two players like that? When I look at them, I think it's like, a, you know, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tave situation where they mm-hmm. both sign matching contracts at the same time. You know, same term, same money. If I was the Canucks, I'd be looking to do something like that. Um, so, yeah, what would you say uh, is a fair market value for both of them or, or how, how the Canucks would move and maneuver their contracts? Well, before the pandemic hit, I thought for Pedersen, 11 million, 10 to 11 w- would have been the number. And that's kind of what I had heard, that it would be anywhere from that on, on a long-term deal. Um, on Quinn Hughes, I mean... I have the thing is he was still a rookie, so there really has been zero contract talk. You're just speculating on it, but based on how he played as a rookie and how he's likely to look when he comes back in next season, you're right. It could be a scenario where he gets a a matching contract, and that contract before all this happened, I think would have been in that anywhere from nine to eleven million. I think that's where 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 would have fallen on a long term deal. They could have gone shorter term, perhaps three or four years at a, at a bit less, like it did with Brock Besser, for instance. That would have always been a possibility, but that would have been the range. But now, and listen, I'm not saying it would necessarily come down from that. It may not, but I do think the cap being flat for three years will impact contract negotiations. And there will be the precedence, as much as the precedence will be set, they're not going to be as easily argued for when the cap is flat because every long-term contract with it has a bit of a idea that the cap will increase to some degree, right? That's the kind of projection that goes into it. When that projection is gone for two years, you know, for the next two years beyond next season, when, the, when they would have to actually be paid, you know, those big contracts, that could change things slightly. Now, it's not going to change things where they're going to get paid six or seven million. We're maybe talking about, hey, instead of Patterson getting eleven million, he might get ten point two million. You know what I mean? That might be the difference. Yeah. Um. So this is sort of to uh, wrap this on uh, on uh, how the Canucks contract situation is looking. In general, over Jim Benning's tenure, how much credit does he deserve, and how good of a job uh, he's like, done? And, and it's not. It's oh man. Know, so like, I, it's funny because there was a lot of talk this year i mean, or i mean the past was it was harm that wrote the article right yeah, and yeah essentially yeah. said he's he gave him a c plus well it's something he's right and that's something that i've said for you know about a year now a year and a half the front office is average they're not they're not good they're not you know horrible they're they're average they're, they've done some really really good things there's stuff you have to give them credit for and all of a sudden the team has a bright future that deserves credit a lot of things have gone wrong structurally there are some issues now long term that i worry about and all the stuff that needs to kind of be figured out that i have concerns about 
So it is pretty much average, right? Like, I don't think anybody can really look at this and say, it's five years in, Jim Benning has done a, you know, good job. I mean, they missed the playoffs a lot, and they were trying to make the playoffs, and they made a lot of mistakes in between. The cap situation isn't great, but they've obviously done the key thing every organization needs, and you cannot have any success without, and that is finding superstar franchise-level players and they got Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. And for them to get those two guys, and then obviously everything else that goes into it as well with Brock Pester and, and go through the, the young guys they have and the other good players they've acquired, but it comes down to those guys. They have found potentially the best center this organization has ever had, and they've yeah, potentially yeah. found the best defenseman this organization has ever had. And as yeah, much as they picked high, you can say that, you know, they, they got lucky or whatever. Regardless, they deserve credit because they got those two guys. So you can't, you know take that away from them when in 50 years of this team's existence they never had two young guys of the same caliber um all right uh to to wrap all the interviews when we where we have a guest on we uh we play a little game uh it's called i want it that way we uh talk about a few uh debates we've had on the show um we just it's like one word answers like quick bullet points so like lightning okay. rounded uh you want to answer a few of them no, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Moose, it's your second, so you, you ask the question. We gotta let the music play out first, just a little. Desire. All right, go ahead. All right, first one, Canucks MVP this season. Uh, Pedersen. Okay, Ace, Ace likes that answer. answer. Is a hot dog <laughs> a sandwich? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, one fast. That's bread. That's bread on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. If you could only eat at one fast food restaurant for the rest of your life, what what, what would you pick? Man, that one stumped me. Uh, <laughs> I thought we lost him there. <laughs> yeah, same. Chris' favorite pick, Arby. So, uh, I'll go with um, uh, mucho burrito. Mucho oh, burrito. That's, <laughs> that's the first time we had that one. Okay, this one uh, is one that we have with one of our good buddies over at Pucks and Knocks. Uh, does Marcus Naslin's number nineteen belong in the rafters? Yes. Okay, and uh, last one today. Uh, when you're doing a dress shirt, do you start from the top and go down, or do you start from the bottom and go up? Uh, bottom and go up. There we go. Yes, yes. Go. thank you, Sat. Yes, yes. Sat. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's all we got. That's all we got. Just uh, uh. those are the running debates on the show. <laughs> oh, actually, one we had, one we just talked about uh, last week yeah. was uh, we we we're big golfers here. All of us who play oh, a lot, yeah, yeah, and uh, one of us here likes to use a golf cart a lot. The other we, uh, the other two of us don't mind walking it. Um, if you're in a golf cart and you play 18 holes of golf, would you count that as a workout? No. No. Oh, hey, there, there you go. Sad. Thank there you. Thank go. you. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's all we have. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it, man. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun. We would love to have you on again some other time, hopefully in person when all the COVID stuff's cooled down. But um, we always like to let our guests have the final word. So uh, the floor is yours for anything that you've got, uh, you know, coming up. I don't know. Usually we got writers and stuff on, so they preview stuff like that. I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about just uh, for the last couple minutes here. Well, uh, number one, uh, uh, congratulations on starting the, on the podcast. Uh, you guys sound Thank good. You. It's been a lot you. of fun to be on. Anytime you guys need, let me know. I'd love to chat, and uh, it's a lot of fun talking to you boys. And I know I've interacted with you guys on Twitter before too, yeah. so it's it's nice to finally talk instead of just tweeting back and forth. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and you know, I mean, all, all I gotta say is you know, check us out on on sports and 650 uh the show is a really good show myself and walks on the program 4 to 7 p.m monday to friday on sports and 650 i think if you give it a chance to listen if you haven't 
you would actually enjoy it a lot. So uh, that's about uh, all, all I say for now. All I'll say for now. All right, all right. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this. Like we said, man, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and uh, publicity helps a lot. So you know, it was great to have you on. Uh, I think hands down the 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 biggest guest we've had on the yeah, podcast yeah. definitely, so definitely. <laughs> you can uh, you can well, put that in your twitter bio they're the most famous guest we've had <laughs> it won't take you it won't take you guys long to get find bigger guests so i look forward to seeing the other <laughs> ones we, we appreciate thank that man you. thanks a lot hey thanks, have a great Sam. night hey thanks boys take yeah. care <laughs> That was Satyar Shah joining us from Sports at 650, the program. Like we said in our interview, the most famous guest we've ever had on this show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We would like to thank, for th- uh, thank him for taking the time to do this as well. So it was uh, really great having him on. Uh, host, thoughts on the interview? Unmute your mic there. Good job, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great interview. He's a great guy, and I'm um, very happy that he took the time to help us out. Uh, really beast, and, uh, you know, Hopefully we get to work with him sometime in the future. It'd be yeah. awesome having him again. Yeah, it was a really great interview. Uh, before we uh, close up the episode here with Hall of Fame Game Trivia, we would like to congratulate our contest oh, yeah, winner yeah. for the Callaway Chrome Soft Golf Balls with the custom uh, custom can- uh, limited edition Canada Leaf Golf Balls on them. They're uh, quite a seed. The Canadian. You all saw the picture on Twitter, damn it. <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank at Davidson on Twitter. But the I is a capital L. <laughs> That's no, why we tagged him. Lowercase L. It's a lowercase L. Pardon me. That's why it looks like Davidson. But the rest of his thing is Davidson. It's Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, good buddy, a good uh, good support of the show. Uh, good buddy ours. He won the contest with the closest score guessing. Uh, eighty nine. Easy going to guess for me for the win. I shot eighty eight. No, you didn't. You did shoot eighty nine. No, I shot eighty eight. Shot eighty eight. Pick oh. up the scorecard, buddy. I posted it on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, everybody else was grossly overestimating our golf abilities. I think they thought we were playing pitch and putt or yeah, something. Okay, <laughs> shout out to everyone who's never played golf before. Like, who who's an average Joe who shoots plus four? Yeah, I don't I'm know. not Tiger Woods. God damn it! <laughs> 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 like, I yeah, don't shoot plus that's four. That's true. Like, we are. I would describe us as weekend golfers. Like, we yeah. golf like a decent amount, but I would say we're weekend golfers. We're golf. definitely yeah. amateurs, man. Like, I'm not shooting like anything we less would be than plus ten. Me- we would be in the medium to high handicap range. Yes. Yes, I agree. I would definitely and like medium's on a good day. Yeah, medium on a good day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I'm playing bad, if I'm playing like my normal, it's it's a it's a pretty high handicap. And if I'm playing like really good, I'd be like, oh man, I'm I'm actually kind of an okay golfer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'd like to congratulate Davidson. We're uh, winning the prize. We're uh, we're gonna get out to him. His name is Brett Davidson. Who steal his uh, ace of his social service number? But you guys should check out his golf apparel brand, BNC Golf. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, hey, you can't say that yet. Why not? It's not on the. It's not off the ground yet. What are you talking about? I saw it's it on cover. Instagram. He started following me. Got a product, you know. It's not done yet. We're gonna check it out. Check it out. It's, check on, it Instagram, out. it's on Instagram. Instagram at BNC Golf. Yeah. Right, do we have an Instagram page? Yeah. We'll share it on. It. We'll share it on our Instagram and Twitter as well. He's a uh, great guy. Got some great stuff coming out with him as well. So he's a good golfer. He's, he's the kind of guy who shoot plus four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not? Yeah. His best round number yeah, is seventy-seven. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That, that all right. All right. Okay, can we stop talking about golf? <laughs> no one cares about this. <laughs> we should make a golf podcast. <laughs> We're not a hockey podcast anymore. We're a golf one. You can join Davidson's podcast. Oh, Wait. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. <laughs> oh. Anyway, guys. Um, we're going to close up the episode with our two favorite segments. Uh, Hall of Fame game. Who's hit the music? Ace. Oh, my God. Turn it down. Please turn it down. Are you turning it down? I don't hear it. Turn it down. Number four. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Hubs up. Sounds better? Yeah. So you guys know the game Hall of Fame. I give you a guy. We give a sniff test. We go through the stats. You guys tell me who's in the Hall of Fame. We'll give you a little topical to this week. Lyrics? The best part of the song. We can't talk over lyrics. We've been over this multiple times. I, know, I did like hearing them. All right, so first guy. Silence. This guy was eligible for the Hall of Fame this year. 
but did not get I in. I know who it is already. Yes, I know. Who suggested it to me before the show started? Because Daniel Alfredson. Easy money, yes. To the Cascades Wins Cups Hall of Fame. I'm going to say no. Oh, my goodness. I'm also going to say no to the Cascades Wins Cups Hall of Fame. <laughs> we got standards this around This place has got standards. This isn't the, ho- this isn't the Hockey Hall of Fame where Kevin Lowe is getting in. <laughs> and uh, who'd you say? Rogie Vasho. Yeah, yeah. We got to give Kevin Lowe a break. Kevin Lowe's just been attacked the whole, the whole <laughs> episode. <laughs> Those Sorry, I'm sure Kevin's a very nice guy. Yeah. I've never met him personally, but he seems like a nice guy. Hey, would you like to come on the podcast, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, actually, like, he's actually our biggest guest ever. He's he would be our week. biggest guest ever, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about that. He's coming on next week. All right, I was going to go through Alfie's stats here. Uh, so, in 1,246 games, he had 1,157 points. Well, so, yeah. he's got the point totals for it. Uh, let's see, what else did he do? Uh, he did win the Stanley Cup, obviously. Olympic gold medal, two world championship silvers, Olympic silver, two world championship bronze. Uh, he won the I don't know what that is, but it's oh yeah, sorry, NHL Rookie of the Year, obviously. You don't know what the Calder Trophy is. <laughs> I do know what the Calder Trophy is. Please, please forgive me. Um, it's only one at a time, and it wasn't called the Calder. Is that what no, happened? no, it was it was the Calder Trophy. Um, and then he won the Clancy King Clancy. I don't trophy. know why you're saying he no to this Mark guy Massier though. Leadership Mark Massey leadership anymore. award. Um, yeah, his best season ever was I believe 103 points. In 77 games. This guy's an easy yes. I don't know what you guys are on track. Yeah, more uh, than he I had that one round of the Stanley Cup final. Okay, but I mean, like, look. If I'm, points, look I'm going to read through like, his top, like, the best stretch of his career, okay? 71, okay. 70 points, 71 points, 78 points, 80 points, 103 points, 87, 89, 74, 71. That's the best stretch of his career. But he's always been around. His whole career is more than a point per game. And, uh, and, and he's very consistent. There's no analyst to bag this up, but Daniel Alverson was always regarded as one of the best two-way players in the league. And I would probably just classify him as one of the top four or five players in the NHL for the prime of his career. So on that note, it he's got the interna- yes, had international bro. success. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him yes. Yes, sure. yes. All right. Next guy. This guy was on Spit Chickles. We talked about him on the show before. Jeremy Roenick. I'm going to say no because he's a dickhead. <laughs> Pretty much that. I agree. But if you play that arcade game on PS3 NHL, he's a beast. He's oh, the best yeah. Thing ever. Uh, NHL, NHL arcade, 11, NHL arcade. That was the best game yeah. of all time. He's, oh he's pretty God. beast in that game. With the giant know? heads. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Are we not as good as Sidney Crosby? All right. CSWC takes into account, you know, he won like the Olympic what kind of person you are. So we have to say no. Silver medal. That's it. That's the only uh, NHL or you know international award he's ever won. Really? Uh, point totals. He had uh, 1,216 points in 1,363 games. 513 goals, though. So he's over the 500 goal mark. And I believe his best season ever was 107 points in 84 games. This guy's gonna be a. F- he's gonna be a fringe no for me. I'm gonna say the no. Type, I'm gonna say. I, I would say he's right on the edge. He's got the. The point goals back there, but there's the goals are there too. There's no, not enough success. Yeah, on like team scale or an individual. He scale. never won the Stanley Cup, and he didn't win. Like he only has one Olympic. A little too close to your face. He has only one Olympic silver medal. Yeah, no uh, international. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, gonna 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 say say no. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you're on the fringe. Plus, I hate him so. You no, have to put plus on that. Please, no. You're not yeah, making Jeremy. this easy, Jeremy. <laughs> 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 All right, next guy, Keith Kachuk. Oh. Uh, I blood like sniff test. Sniff test. I'm gonna say yes. I th- also agree with Stiff Test, and I think I'm just going to back up that he should be in it. Uh, all right, so he uh, he had a World Cup gold, Olympic silver, a World Junior uh, bronze medal. He won the NCAA title and while he was in college. He's uh, led the NHL in goals one season. Nice, Rock Richard. Rock Richard nice. in 96-97. Uh, uh, birth year, Hayes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, overall in his career, uh, 1,201 games played, 1,065 points, 538 goals. His best season ever. Was, was, see, he never had that many high point totals. That's why it sort of was on the fringe for me. 
He scored more than 500 goals. But he had a lot of 86 goals. 86 points in 81 games was his best season ever, but he had 52 goals that season. The twisted wrister, though, Brad. Nah, that's an easy I mean, yes yeah, for me. He's, he's had multiple 40-goal seasons. I'm going to say yes because he's, he's, he's just got a uh, personal award, international award, success. Reasonable amount of international success, yep. team success. He's got over the point, but he's not had a point per game in his career. He's got over 500, 500 goals. goals. Yep. Yeah. Like, he's he's like one of the guys he would really benefit from if he won the Stanley Cup in his career. Because then he'd be like over the top. Yes. Same thing with Jeremy Roenick, though. He's like a slight. Like, this is he's this is just a better version of Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. I agree. So we'll give it. All right, uh, we talked about this guy with, uh, on our interview with Sat. Uh, he's eligible next season along with the Sedins. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg, another Swedish, another Swedish uh, Blush, I'm going to say yes. Yep, sniff test, easy yes. Where's Blush, I'm going to say yes. All right, I also would have said easy yes on this, but according to uh, Blake Price of TSN, he, was a, he would be a borderline Hall of Famer, but uh, I don't disagree with that take. No, I mean, sometimes when you don't look at them really closely, you might just forget about it. Zetterberg was not really as dynamic as he was at the beginning. And of I think for the a lot of times when Detroit was the best, like when Detroit was at their peak, uh, Lindstrom and Datsuk were sort of getting a lot of the credit. All right, for let's, let's, run, let's run through it here. Don't, don't rush me. I'm trying to make a point. Okay. Continue <laughs> <laughs> to do what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a member of the Triple Gold Club, uh, World Championship Gold, Olympic Gold, World Championship Silver, World uh, Olympic Silver, two World Championship Bronze. Uh, he won the Stanley Cup once. He has a Consumer Trophy. This is easy, yes. Yeah, this is already looking like an easy yes, uh, right? We need to hear his point totals. He has a uh, 960 points in 1,082 games. Okay. 337 goals, which is sort of where I think the doubt comes in because he doesn't have the over 1,000 points and he doesn't have over 500 goals. But he's right there, though. That's a little low. I was going to say for the point totals. His point totals are a little low, but he obviously had the injuries that ended his uh, career, career a little, early a little yeah, earlier than he would have. Yeah. If he, he could have played out, he would have been like Zerat of Zadines. Yeah, I think he could have hit 1,000 if it wasn't for injuries. He definitely had the okay Billy. It's sort of sad the way his Did he win any other, any other major individual awards besides the Conn Smythe? He won the King Clancy Award. Isn't the King Clancy just a Ted Lindsay yeah. now? No, no. King Clancy is like the humanitarian. Oh, like okay. NFL, oh, so like he NFL won NFL that before the they retired, didn't they? Um, uh, he made the all-rookie team. I don't know if he had any other individual. Yeah, Conn Smythe, man. Conn Smythe. Conn Smythe trophies. Conn Smythe is pretty huge. I'm going to say yes. I what is his best season ever? That's a good question. Did he ever break more than 100 points in a year? See, that's the thing. His overall point totals, he never... He was... Consistent, though, for a long time. 92 points was his career high. See, okay, I'm on French with this guy now that I'm saying it because I don't think it was Stanley Cups that much. But he had an amazing playoff that season. 27 yeah, points in 22 games. Bro, you're, not goals. you're gonna get a guy in the Hall of Fame for having one good playoff. Logan I mean Couture had 39 points in a single playoff. They won. I mean, look at this. These, these three, two years in a row in the playoffs. 27 points, 24 points. That yeah, would be but you'd be wrong if you didn't regard Henrik Zetterberg as one of the best centers in his prime in the NHL. I mean, he was definitely one of the. He under- wasn't even the best center in his own team in his prime, buddy. Let's not get carried How away here. I mean, it really comes down to if you want to give a very, very good player on a very, very, very good team Hall of Fame ca- uh, recognition. I'm, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say no to this. I at first blush, yes. I was going like, to be like, yeah, this slam is dunk. I, at first blush, I was going to say slam dunk yes. But what if if Henrik Zetterberg was on, I don't know, Buffalo? Would you go, no? There's no way he would be regarded as a Hall of Famer if he had this career because you take away the Stanley Cup, you take away the Smythe Trophy, and would you give this guy a Hall of Fame or not? It's really impossible to say though because like I mean, how many members of the Triple Gold Club are in the Hall of Fame? Okay, the Triple Gold Club is actually very impressive. You're forgetting he has the Olympic gold medal as well. And he's not on Canada. Yeah, exactly. And I find like, triple, triple gold. A triple gold club, and you're not Canadian is. is I agree. Uh, one thousand. Okay, I'm gonna say borderline. Yes, on this, this is a tough one. This is one of the tougher ones we've had so far. Yeah, what do you I'm, you're not weighing it heavy enough, man. MVP I think you guys. I think you guys are weighing the cons might too much. One playoff is success. Look, we, does anybody count playoff numbers? No, everybody counts regular season numbers. You're gonna give him a guy where one good playoff the the, the Stanley Cup. 
And now like, this is another guy we're talking. We obviously Jeremy Roenick and Keith Kachuk didn't win the Stanley Cup, and this Stanley Cup now the Stanley Cup is really boosting. I would say Shadow Rose profile. Rose profile and getting. I think he will get in the Hall of Fame. The we you know that is anyway, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Anyone yeah. ever gets in there, you'll get in there one day. <laughs> <laughs> so will Brendan Johnson. Hall of Fame. Yeah, but it, this is a tough one for me. I still think it's yes. I'm going to have to give it a borderline yes. Just I, I don't think. Ah, no, I'm, I'm changing my mind. You're saying Keith Kachuk got in, you're going to give it to Zetterberg. You're going to say Zetterberg. Because his point goals were a little low. You know what? If he ha- if he had 1,000 points, even if he didn't have the 500 what? goals. What? Keith Kachuk won the Rocket Richard, man. He won the Conn Smythe. Yeah, the Rocket Richard is a more a prestige trophy than the Rocket Richard. I'll take Conn Smythe. I'll take the guy who wins Conn Smythe. Well, you're just saying that because he was on a better team. I mean, that's also true. Like, again, uh, Zetterberg was the th- maybe the third best player on his own team with, those Stanley, with that Stanley Cup That's point. not his fault that he had a great team around him, though. Like, yeah, you're sort of penalizing him for... I'm not penalizing him. I'm just saying... You're penalizing him for two okay, other superstars. Look, I'm sort of agreeing with Hayes right now, though, because, like, look at his like look at his career point. Or, like, what do we value? Like, every time we've gone through this, what do we all say we value? Offense and the kites of your career. And he didn't reach either of those things. All right, let's let's let, let me, let me no, just go through, go his, through his best stretch. Like he 68, 92, 73, 70, 80, 69. Like... 66, Damn it, I'm 50, down. 68. You know what? I got to change my mind. He had the one season where he, he was a great two-way player as well, but again, not even the best two-way player on his own team, Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to say no to this. You know what? I think you've asked Unfortunately, no. Sorry, yeah. Henrik. You know, oh this is like a, you know, he come in a few years. He'll come no. in 20 years after he retired. We'll do this question again. No. I'll probably yeah. say yes. <laughs> yeah, just like Kevin Lowe. Just ask him. Yeah. All right, Ace. What's uh, the trivia question this week? That's it for a Hall of Fame game. All right, this hit is going to be a Hit the trivia music. Alright boys, this is a good trivia question this week. I found a very good place for trivia questions, so uh, the next few weeks are gonna have a little turn that thing off now. God damn it. Did that one second. <laughs> Alright, who was the last player to score fifty goals in a season and win the Stanley Cup in that same season? Ooh. Oh that's Ovechkin? No. No. Ovechkin didn't score fifty the year he won the cup. Stan goes. He didn't win the Stanley Cup. Who's gonna press the wrong button when you guys are guessing the wrong answers? Oh right. right. Goal scorer won the Stanley Cup. Recent memory is it recent memory? What's recent memory to you? Uh, since the year 2000? Yes. It is? Uh, okay, I'm just going to go. Vincent LaCavie. No. no. Good I guess. Good guess, though. Good guess. No. Thank you. Is it Mike Richards? No. Mm. Mike Richards never scored 50 goals. I don't know. I just thought um, he was good. Just trying to go with the Stanley Cup winners in my head. Here, St. Louis had no 50 goal scorers. Neither did Washington that year. So, Vetchkin didn't have it. You got to go back a little uh, more. Pittsburgh. Did Gino do it? No. Uh... <laughs> Who won the cup before that? Must have been one. Was it Patrick Kane? Nope. Is it Pavel Datsun? Nope. Um, <laughs> 50 goal score. Must be early 2000s, is it? Uh, yeah. Is it Joe Sackett? It's Joe Sackett. There oh, we go, baby. Where's the trivia win there? Dude? Who is winning, 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 no matter what? Joe Sackett. I wasn't going to give you guys options, but I think I might get you options. It too obvious. Yeah, I think we would have gotten easily. Yeah, yeah. Early, I, was like, we weren't I was going to think it early 2000s. We were thinking Joe too late. We were thinking too late. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty uncommon occurrence, I would say. Like, 50 goals is weird. That is like, what, was that? what year was that, 2003 then, right? Uh, I think 2002 was the year. Well, this yeah. is the yeah. first year in a while. Where Didn't we the Devils in the Cup in 2003? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 02, I think the, the, the Avs won it. That was a loaded team with uh, Patrick Waugh and uh, Forsberg. Forsberg. And Adam Foote, yeah, a loaded team. Yeah, one of the best teams. With, yeah, so Burnaby connection there, Burnaby Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Sackey, Burnaby Minor, Burnaby Minor alum, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, good job on the trivia today. Hasty got uh, went through there you know, systematically. Good job. I like it. Thank you. It was a very logical thought process yeah, for me. I like very it. logical. I, I, like I said Steven Sackle was the player with number one this Stanley Cup. All right. Are we on? 
Yeah, we're done. Uh, again, we'd like to thank Satyar Shaw for taking the time to interview us. Boost, hit the music, buddy. For what? You know my favorite song. Oh, sorry. We'd like to thank, th- thank Satyar Shaw for taking the time to interview us. He was a great guest. The biggest one we've ever had. It was a really good interview. Lots of fun. Um, you know, just like to thank him for taking the time. It was a really good one. Uh, we're also uh, super excited to be having the website up and running again. Um, it's still going. We still got a few articles up there. Uh, we added a couple new writers to the team. We're going to be announcing it on Twitter. So I'll, yep. uh, I'll just say it right now. We've got Avery McKenzie joining us. Uh, he's a good follow on Twitter. He's a UBC student, and he's going to be helping us write some articles. He's got a piece coming up on the website soon. It'll be uh, about Josh Levo and how he's uh, one of the most underrated Canucks. Um, we like this that. season, and we like yeah. that. We, we're a big Josh. This is the Josh Levo fan club yep. over here. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to be joining him. Uh, Ty Party is also joining us on a part-time basis from the Avid Discussions podcast, and he'll be writing a, a few pieces on and off for us. So uh, he might not be here for a too long, but he'll be uh, writing something for us uh, in the next coming in the coming uh, coming weeks. Uh, also, Daniel All from Pox and Knox will be joining us, uh, writing a piece for uh, for us as well, and he'll uh, be writing on a week uh, on a bi-weekly basis, I guess. So it's about two articles a month will be coming up from him. Um, his first piece is just getting started on that now. Should be up probably by the end of this, uh, probably by the mid- middle of July here. Uh, it's a uh, wild Canucks should trade for Dougie Hamilton, and he's gonna go through a blueprint of how they can go through it. Might sound a little radical, but uh, you know he'll uh, he'll talk you through it. He's got some interesting points of view on that. And of course, you can find all that content along with all our episodes at www.caspacewinscups.com. There you go, you nailed it. I website, nailed buddy. it. I, I nailed, nailed it. Website, buddy, good yes job. <laughs> So yeah, you can listen to all episodes, read all our blog posts up there. You can see the host and everything up there. And we'll be adding the new writers to the team as well. And Ace, what do they have to do? Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast, baby. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, or even if you're not listening on Apple iTunes, go to Apple iTunes <laughs> and leave us five stars because I'm a five-star man. Let's go. Yeah, baby. It was, uh, oh, yes. We'd like to thank everybody for their support. We were number 18 on the charts yes, this week. Sir. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, Apple. that's an accomplishment. And uh, Apple Podcasts. For uh, or in podcasting, trending in Canada for hockey podcasts only. So uh, yeah, still a huge accomplishment. Yeah, that's the peak we've ever reached. That week we beat uh, beat a lot of big name podcasts. Uh, we were ahead of the boys at Canucks Convo there, Area Fifty One as well, and uh, you know those are support. And Drancer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were a couple spots behind J-Pad and Drancer, but you know they're they're real famous, so you know we don't stand chance. We were also ahead of the uh, the L cast. You know, lots of respect for the boys. We got a lot of respect for the boys over there, <laughs> Doctor Daniels. <laughs> Not his name anymore. Though. I'm gonna keep calling Doctor Dangles. What are you gonna do? Make me stop? <laughs> no, I'm not. But he might. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of respect for them, of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. Of you course. really had to throw that in there, eh? Of All course. right, boys. All right. Let's hit the outro, boys. It was a great episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Woo!